0: join me right now on kumite tv is undefeated lightweight prospect david martinez what's going on david
1: hey man things going great how are you
0: good 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 man um let's kick it off right away david uh you had an extensive amateur career you eventually captured and defended the xfc lightweight title how much did competing as an amateur help you adjust to being a professional
1: well for me it forms the foundation of it it allowed me to um basically go in there and find out who i was as a fighter without risking my professional record but other than that though um yeah i think it's easy to starting professional honestly
0: oh you do why do you believe that well i I believe as far as you know
1: we should be getting paid for what we do and amateur, as an amateur you don't um, except for maybe uh ticket commissions and i don't think that's fair though even if they start with just a very small amount i think you know it, amateurs should be getting paid too
0: yeah definitely I, I believe the same thing to be honest with you i think that there should be no amateurs i think everybody should be a professional especially when you're punching each other in the face
1: exactly yeah
0: well, let's get into your last fight, uh, Eternal MMA 42. You took on the much more experienced Mike Wilkinson and took him out in the third round. Could you take me through the build-up of the fight, the wild first two rounds, and the finish?
1: Well, let's uh, let's go back to the start. So, originally, my teammate, Ben Wall, was meant to fight him, And so, Ben injured his knee, and they sent me in as a replacement. And then, yeah, so first round was sort of more me feeling him out as well as like trying to slow the fight down you know having it being short notice and then found my rhythm and timing started to build up on it and I think he started to wear down which is where I start to work the body and then yeah able to get to the ground to get his back and score the win so I was pretty happy with that.
0: Did you feel like that finish came easier than you expected?
1: Well, yeah, actually. It just almost seemed to slip in place for me. I was like, that was too good to be true. <laughs> and then, like, to be honest, I, I thought I had it in wrong because he wasn't tapping. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I've messed this up, but he went out. Uh, I mean, Mike, Mike's a warrior, man. Of course he wasn't going to tap.
0: Yeah, Wilkerson, he is a warrior. He is a UFC veteran. He fought for ACB. What did you prove to yourself getting this win over him? Such a, you know, such a gritty veteran.
1: Well, for me, it was proof that I could hang with the you know, with the higher ranks in, in the Australian division. And so I've been wanting to fight people in the top 10 for as long as I've been a pro, but uh, they keep turning me down for uh, saying, you know, I'm not experienced enough. Uh, uh, but with the win over Mike, you know, that gives me ground. And to be able to challenge these guys, and
0: do you feel that you grew most as a fighter against Wilkerson, or was there another fight earlier in your career that made you, you know, elevate yourself more?
1: Um, I like to think I've learned a bit from each of my fights, but when I think about it, it was my fight with Ethan Thomas that really made me grow a lot. Uh, that. That was just a tough battle where I found you know, my strengths being neutralized, by, because we were both really good grapplers, but, but I wasn't, I was able to score a couple of takedowns maybe, but I couldn't not control the guy down there, which is normally what I'm able to do. And yeah.
0: And after that fight, how did you you know adjust yourself? How did you adjust your training to kind of like elevate yourself to to not have those moments anymore?
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, getting to work a lot with, you know, Ben Wall it really helped me out there. Uh, but it's it's a matter of, um, it, it, with Ethan Thomas, it was more mistakes I was making that was letting him back into the fight. Uh, it, was, it was me, you know, trying to jump on his back when I probably shouldn't have and just slipping off the top all the time. Um, but, yeah, so I've been working with my coach on, um, You're know, trying to analyze positions and read the situation a lot better, and, and not go for such high risk, you know, low percentage moves. And try to stop hoping for the best.
0: The success that you have had as a professional has led you to this moment, Eternal MMA 45. You got the main event for the vacant lightweight title versus Bretton Mumford. What are your thoughts on your opponent?
1: Oh, he's, he's a tough guy, isn't it? A really um dynamic striker. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm expecting a war with him.
0: Is this is Mumford's second chance at a lightweight title? Do you think even though he's a tough guy, you know, he's been around the scenes for a long time. Do you think he has earned the shot? Cuz I feel I feel that you earned the shot.
1: Oh, uh, well, if you you look at his performance against Rob Hill, you know, uh, he's um That was pretty dominant by him, and so I don't see why he shouldn't deserve the shot as well. Uh, Mine was sort of more viewed as a come-from-behind victory against Wilkinson, whereas his was a dominant win over Rob Hill, so yeah, Yeah, I I feel he's fully deserving.
0: When you jumped into that fight against Wilkinson, did they mention the lightweight title to you? Was that in the back of your mind?
1: No, no. There was no mention of that to me whatsoever. It was just my opportunity to take on a UFC vet. And I was like, yes, this is what I want.
0: So how did you react when they came with you, to you, uh, with the fight against Mumford for the title?
1: I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Mumford, I mean anyone in the top 10 really I've been dying to fight. And Moffat is one of those guys up there. And for the title, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better fight.
0: Now, training camp for this fight. How long have you been in camp, and where have you been working most of your uh, most of the time?
1: Uh, I've been doing a lot of my work down at Ignite, in Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast. And, well, it's been maybe seven, eight weeks now. Yeah, well, fight camp's going smooth, you know, no injuries. It's all, all my boys down there—they've been helping me out.
0: Who are some of the boys that you have been working with closely to prepare for Mumford?
1: Ah, uh, Ben Wool, as well as um, uh, my lad Taj. Yeah, yeah, those, those—those two are the main ones who've been helping me out, especially in these last two weeks. Yeah, but yeah, they've all real pitched in.
0: Being physical is a big part of you know being a fighter but the mental approach is just as important how are you approaching this fight against Mumford are you approaching it as the biggest fight of your life or is it just another step to the top i uh, in one
1: way it's just another step uh, but you know every fight i have is the biggest one of my life and that's the way it's always going to be it's always going to be the next fight is the biggest fight regardless of what's happened in the previous ones and so I don't take any of my fights lightly, and least of all this one.
0: You're part of the young up and coming crop of fighters, especially in the lightweight division. What separates you from all the other lightweights in Australia?
1: Oh, I've never really thought about that. I was imagining that I smile a bit more. <laughs> but <laughs> but um Yeah, no, I'm, Uh, If I have to go with something, I'd say that I've been developing the wrestling side of things. Uh, Other than that, no.
0: Like most fighters in Australia, your goal is probably to reach the UFC. How many fights do you believe you're away from getting signed?
1: Um, Well, I always live by saying that um, it takes about two or three fights to really change and is your position in, in this fight game? And so, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm two or three fights away. I mean, if you look at my career, you step back three fights and you can see such a difference. And I find that happens with a lot of fighters. You know, you drop, them, you compare them two or three fights apart, uh, and you notice a massive difference in where they are. You know, two wins put you on a high track somewhere, two losses sends you down to the back of the line.
0: The biggest fight in Australasia history is almost coming. Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya yeah. will eventually collide to unify the UFC middleweight title. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I wanted to get your breakdown of that fight and who do you favor to win it?
1: Well, after watching Adesanya and um, Kevin Gastelum, man. I- I do favour Robert Whittaker to go in there and get the job done, assuming that he goes in healthy. He's had some bad luck lately with all his intestines popping out. Oh, it sounds crazy. But no, I think Rob's got the skills so to do, to capitalise on the same things Kelvin was able to do, but just better. I mean, the scary part is when, like, Kelvin kicked Sonia in the head. Yeah, being so much shorter and not really a big kicking guy whereas Rob Whitaker he's got some pretty good head kicks I I bet he'll be looking to time that on him
0: alright man, May 25th Eternal MMA 45 main event you're facing Brenton Mumford for the vacant lightweight title thank you so much for your time David and uh, good luck to you on your fight Uh, thank you for your time brother, it's been awesome